Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and we bring it to the streets. Well, I've got another sermon for you. Lord willing, it will bless you. This sermon is concerning Jacob and Laban. It's a story where two people's worldviews are on different wavelengths. I hope you enjoy this sermon. The name of the sermon is Jacob, a man controlled by his creed. Enjoy it. Okay, how about a benediction, Mr. Vaughn? May the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob richly bless all of you who call upon the name of the Lord by his grace and his mercy. Okay, so we are continuing in the book of Genesis. So let me just give you up to speed of what we spoke about last week. And we're on chapter 30, so we're kind of moving along pretty well. Um, not that well, but well, I'll take that. But, you know, we are learning by God's grace. We're looking at the nuances of how God sets up the book of beginnings. Um, so last week we ascertained that children are a gift from God, and anyone who goes against that mandate will be held accountable. And last week we depicted as sibling rivalry was being exhibited, remember, between Rachel and Leah. But God was providentially setting up a people for himself, remember? I mean, so here you got the sibling rivalry, who can give birth, who can't. But God, in providentially, through all these um, human machinations, so to speak, is is bringing a people of God unto himself. And we know that would eventually be the 12 tribes of Israel, um, as, as we know. It seemed like Leah at times would come to an understanding that her focus should be on God first and not to manipulate ways to have her husband love her. But she wavered back and forth in that kind of aspect, as we remember. And on the other hand, Jacob should have realized this, but as we know, Jacob's love for Rachel was one of outward appearance. He, he had a passion for Rachel and, and Rachel, as we know, the Bible depicts that she had a, a nice figure and, and she used that in most of her life. She used that in her, look like in her manipulation, so to speak, especially with, um, with Jacob. You remember when Jacob had woken up to Leah, he was disappointed because he was more concerned with the outward appearance and his passion for Rachel. And, and we looked at, we, we looked at some of that in our own aspects of life because I think a lot of us look at the outward sometimes more than really looking at our own, at our inward. We're, we're a lot concerned with the outward, even in our own lives. And, you know, even Peter says for women, they should be more concerned with the, with the, the inner beauty than it is the outward beauty. It's not that we don't want to take care of ourselves and look nice. That's not the point. But we want to make sure that we're, I want, okay, so here's the deal. And I think this is a case we'll learn as we go along. You want people to be attracted to your inner beauty 
more than you're at. And Jacob had an issue with that. I mean, Jacob, I mean, Rachel was probably, you know, you can fill in the blanks and, 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 and Leah, maybe not so much, but, but again, God is no respecter of persons. And we found that out in the book of Genesis, but all this is working out for his good. We want to be careful when we look at products that are not finished. Jacob, Rachel, and Leah were unfinished products, so they were moving along by God's grace. We want to be careful because none of us in here are finished products, right? Um, Rachel was used to getting her own way because of her looks and her figure. And as we mentioned again, God is no respecter of persons. Rachel told Jacob, give me children, remember Carolyn, lest I die. And again, there were many manipulations being wielded by both parties. And just as shocking was the silence of Jacob as he was being used by his two wives as the catalyst of their rivalries. But again, all things were working for good. For God's good and his glory. In fact, we're also introduced. Remember last week we got introduced, um, Harlan, to those love apples, those mandrakes? Remember those, Mark, those, those mandrakes we spoke about, which again was kind of being used by both parties to manipulate the birthing of children, which of course could never produce without the ordination of God Almighty. We're going to look at something today that's going to be kind of peculiar, kind of foreign to us, but we'll, we'll hopefully be able to nail it down. And then, but God, right, showed mercy on the barren Rachel, giving her a child, Named Joseph. So now Jacob's purpose in Haran would be over and it would be time to leave. There's going to be times in your life. Now you got to hear this. There's going to be times in your life where your purpose may be finished in a certain area, in a certain spot, in a certain season. And God moves you forward into other things. So here we'll see that with, with, with Jacob. He's now going to be uh, asked to leave. God is going to take him out from under the thumb of Laban. But that's not going to be easy. But all things, obviously, what God will come to pass. But we'll deal with that in a second. And and we know Laban's not going to give up without a fight. The only problem is he, Laban, or anyone else could never fight against God. Could never fight against God. Okay, here's what I want to do. I want to revisit something, Terry Wright. So here's what I want to do, because I want to line up the text. Because I, I want it, I want you to realize, me first, you second, that sometimes we have to be reminded that when God has spoken to us through his word, that sometimes when you believe that it's from God and, and you hear from God by reading his word and praying and God will press scriptures into your heart, we want to be careful about voices because a lot of times they can be our own voices. So we want to be governed by the word of God. So Jacob was told something when he seen that stairway to heaven. Remember, Ashley? Remember that ladder? So I want to revisit that, Terry, just for a couple of seconds because then, and then we'll go into our verse. So I want to go back to the, not Led Zeppelin stairway to heaven, but the real stairway to heaven, right? So let's, let's get that right. Dave, don't start riffing on the guitar now, right? So, but I, I want to, this is important because we want to, I want to show you that the word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. So let's start in verse 12, just for a second, by way of, and I'm going to go right into chapter 30, but let me start in 28 and 12. Terry, thank you for that for this morning. 
Then he had a dream, meaning Jacob, and behold, a ladder stood on the earth with its top touching heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, Yahweh stood above it and said, I am Yahweh, the God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac, and and the land which you lie, I will give it to you and your seed. And your seed will also be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out uh, to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 15, behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land for I will not forsake you until I have done what I have promised you. What I have promised you, two more verses. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely Yahweh is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how fearsome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Okay, go right to chapter 30. Starting in the 25th verse, very good. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Ashley and, and Terry. And you too, Dave. Now, what happened when Rachel had born Joseph, that Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place and to my own land. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me go for you yourself know my service, which I have rendered you. Then Laban sent him, if now I have found favor in your sight, stay with me. I've been, listen to this language. I have interpreted an omen that Yahweh has blessed me on your account. And he continued to say, name me your wages and I'll give it. But he said to him, you yourself know I have served you and how your livestock have fared with me. For you had little before I came, but it is spread out to a multitude, and Yahweh has blessed you at every step of mine. But now, when shall I provide for my own household also? So he said, what shall I give you? And Jacob you sh- said, you shall, give, you shall not give me anything. If you will do this one thing for me, I will again pasture and keep your flock. Let me pass through your entire flock today, removing from there every speckled and spotted sheep, and every black one among the lambs and the spotted and the speckled among the goats, that shall be my wages. So my righteousness will answer for me later when you come concerning my wages. Everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and black among the lambs is found with me will be considered stolen. Just know these are the lesser of this sheep, the, 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 the ones that are spotted. And Laban said, behold, let it be according to your word. So look what Laban does. He removes on that day the striped and the spotted male goats and all the speckled and spotted female goats. Every one of them were white and with white in it and all the black ones among the sheep and gave them into the care of his sons. One more verse and put a distance of three days journey between himself, Jacob and Jacob was pasturing the rest of Laban's flocks. Thus is the reading from God's word. Now, the Bible tells us that the promises of God are what? Yes and amen, right? Um, So here Jacob, after giving birth to Joseph, tells Laban, it's time for me to leave. Verse 25, it's time for me to go back to the land of Canaan. And Jacob tells Laban, it's been 14 years since I have been here. But as Matthews depicts, Jacob would would be derailed by Laban another six years before he'd actually leave. Now, let's look at this theologically. It's important. 
the 12 tribes of Israel are almost established here, right? Joseph being the 12th child, but remember one was Dinah. So later on, obviously, we know Benjamin will come into effect. But right here, again, God's purpose for Jacob is finished. You have to understand this. God brought Jacob there for a purpose by himself, away from his family, running from his brother Esau, comes into, comes into this, uh, in, with Laban, and he's there for oh, 20 years. And after that 20 years, now God is going to send him back to the promised land. Again, there's going to be a time that God puts you in a certain place, in a certain spot, for a certain purpose, for a certain time. And when God wants you out of there, you'll be out of there. And, and you want to think about that in your own life. Uh, maybe moving from a one place to another. You know, God keeps you in one place for a certain amount of time, then he brings you to another all for his glory, all for his purposes. That's why we want to, me first, you second, want to be in the things of God always. We want to be careful of doing things in our own strength, in our own machinations. Be prayerful, be mindful, read your word, and God governs us through his word. So here Jacob, reverting back, to when he met the Lord before he went 500 miles from the promised land. It's now time to go back. It's now time to go back. Remember, to understand the things of God, we must be in tune to his words. This is why it's so important to read our word so it can bring us back to remembrance. So in our time of need, God will bring forth his word. Here, Jacob would remember what was spoken to him earlier by the Lord. Eventually, I'll send you back to the promised land. 20 years. 20 years before he would go back. But he would go back because the promises of God, Sonny, are yes and amen. All to the glory of God. Glinda, even though sometimes if it's going to be 20 years. And we see here the obedience by Jacob. In our time of need, God will bring forth his word. Jacob again would remember what was spoken to him. Now think about what kind of language. Now wait a minute. We got to be good readers here. Who's writing Genesis? Very good. Who said Moses? Yeah. Okay. Now, now think about this. This is great stuff. I, I know we, maybe we knew, and we need to dig deep into this stuff. This is important. Moses is, Rachel, listen. Moses is writing Genesis, right? And he's looking at this. This is what kind of language? This is Exodus language. Moses, wait a minute. Moses says, this would happen to me. Wait, this is the same thing. I, I, my people were in the land of Egypt for 400 years, and then God comes me. I got to go deal with this tyrant Pharaoh, just like Jacob is dealing with this tyrant Laban. And you can see Moses saying, wait a minute. This is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. You see, this is how we dig into the text. This is how we learn. As Moses is writing this, he's saying to himself, wait a minute, I've been through this before. And here, Jacob was under Laban, a tyrant, for 20 years, 
just like the children of Israel were under the thumb of Pharaoh for 400 years. Ain't nothing changed but the zip code, right? So here, as Moses writes this, he's thinking. He's thinking on these things that are so important, right? Um, Jordan depicts this as Exodus language, as we have discussed. It's the same theme when Moses asked Pharaoh to let my people go. But Pharaoh derailed Moses as Moses writes this. He'd be putting remembrance himself of what happened in Egypt, comparing the two stories, seeing God's graciousness in both. See, this is the, this is how God operates. That's why the word is living and active. That's why when you read your word, he will bring to remembrance what you need in your time of need. Moses is saying, man, Praise God. Well, don't quote me on that, but, but, but you can see as he's writing this, right? Um, Pharaoh, like Laban, could only derail for so long. And basically, Jacob tells Laban, I've served you for both my wives. Now they're mine. I paid the mohar. I paid the bride price. Verse 26. My obligation is fulfilled. My debt has been paid. Now give me my wives and my children. And Laban's answer is very disturbing to say the least. He interpreted it by omen. What the, what the heck is that? Mark, what is that? What did he go on one of those hotlines or something? What? He interpreted it by omen. This is an interesting play. I mean, obviously, Laban is not a believer. We know that. Um, but he was blessed. And that's a story for another day. We'll get that in a second. Or better, by way of divination, that Yahweh has blessed you on your account. Now, I, what's interesting here is Laban uses the personal name Yahweh. So that's interesting. It's interesting. Um but notice Laban says, Yahweh has blessed me again on your account, meaning Jacob's account, showing that this is Jacob's God, and it was told to Laban by way of divination. Are you kidding? What, what, what's going on here? Now, I want you to think about how many people today in the world use the name of Yahweh or God today, and they have no relationship with God. I've said this. I'm a sports fan. You go to a game, you'll see, oh, God, that was almost a home run. Right? Right? You, you see things like that. I want to say this, and I've said this. Be careful. Satan wants to make God's name common. You got to hear that. We'll say things like, oh, God, I, I, that chair should have, is moved. Be careful. But Terry, this is a holy name. Now, I'm saying, uh, Devon, don't charge me on this because we are culprits to this. I know that, you know, you'll hear guys at games and saying, oh, God, you know, whatever. And oh, But as Christians, we have to be really careful how we just use God's name is common. Remember, Rachel? Remember, Eugene Peterson, before you walked in his church, beware the God. And we are quick to always, oh God, listen, we're Christians. We invoke that name, but let's not invoke that name like Laban. Let's not make God's name common. 
He's a holy God. And I know, you know, we've used it, me first, you second, if not me first and Rachel second, that sometimes we want to be careful on how to use this holy name. And, and again, we get this lesson from Laban using the name Yahweh, which is the personal name. Now, Coravilla rightly depicts this as the first time in God's word that an outsider is personally blessed through God's covenant people. In fact, the Bible depicts that God through Abraham and his seed would bless all nations. Now, I want you to hear this. We see a picture here. Now, you might. Now, wait a minute. I'm going to show you something. This is definitely food for thought. I want you to think about this. We live in a God-hating place, right? I mean, America hates God. But, now I want you to hear this. Because of God's people, because of his remnant, because the people of God are here, he will bless America because of God's people. You have to see that. God, really, I always say this, it shouldn't be God bless America, it should be America bless God, right? But because of God's people in this world, in this where we live here, God will bless it for his people. And how many times you'll see state leaders and world leaders and people, you know, God bless them. No, they, they don't, they don't even know God. And the only reason, now you may think I'm crazy, don't charge me on this. The only reason they're blessed is because of people like Harlan and Ashley and Rachel and Mike and Joe. You know why, Terry? Because God has a people here. And see, we don't get that enough. We don't think God's sovereign enough. We don't think that he, he, maybe he doesn't rule and reign. Be careful. Because it is because of God's elect, his people here in America, that this place is blessed. Because America hates God. And it was only because of Jacob that Laban got blessed. We see this concept here in Genesis in the book of beginnings where all biblical doctrines are introduced to us and must be adhered to by God's grace. And praise God for his kindness as the Bible depicts he reigns on the just and the unjust. He's a good God. Even people who hate him, he gives them temporal blessings, water, food, cars, money, and they hate him. Food for thought. With that being said, taking God's name in vain is a very serious matter. Even the heathen, Laban attributes this God to be personal to Jacob, but not himself. In verse 28, Laban tells Jacob, designate your wages before me. But Jacob has already been through this with Laban. He's not to be trusted. When Laban asked him, who do you want to marry? We know how that would turn out. Now, this is great stuff. In 29 and 30, the Hebrew language is explicit. First, Jacob tells Laban how he has served him, verse 29. And then Jacob tells Laban that God has blessed you according to my foot. That's the original. I love that. God has blessed you according to my foot by every step of mine. God has blessed you because of me. Not really because of Jacob, because of God, who is one of Jacob's people. 
great stuff. That's biblical. I'm not making this up, right? So Laban is being blessed because of Jacob. America is being blessed because of God's people. Now, Jacob depicts, now it's my turn to provide for my household, my family. Jacob has fulfilled his obligation. He wants to take care of his family personally. Please know this. This is a husband's duty to take care of his wife and children. Jacob is being responsible to the biblical mandate. He served Laban well. Now he wants to serve his family better. It's biblical. Praise God. Husbands need to take care of their wives. It's a biblical mandate. Dominic first, Harlan second. So here, Terry, remember I gave you the name of this? I want you to hear this. Maybe you won't remember nothing throughout the whole sermon. But this is, once in a while I I can think of something that makes a little sense, right? But this is important. I I, I think this, I want to make sure that I get this right. Laban is controlled by his greed. Jacob is controlled by his creed. Right? Jacob, see, that's right. You got it, Terry? See, Jacob is controlled by his creed, by his honor and praise to Yahweh. That's what controls him. But Laban is controlled by his his greed. Right? He's controlled by his greed. He's controlled by his money. He's look always looking for a way to make money. Could have been an Italian guy, right? I mean, he's always looking for ways to, to make money, right? I mean, so, so again, Laban is controlled by his creed. Jacob, Jacob is controlled by his creed. Jacob is controlled by his principle of faith. He's governed by God's word, as we mentioned earlier. Go back to Canaan. God said, you're going to go back to Canaan. See, he's controlled by God's word. The question is, and this is a challenging question, me first, are you controlled by God's word? It's a challenge. Charlie, right? Not Charlie per se, but it's a challenge. I know a lot of people look at Jacob and say this and that, but Jacob is gifted in taking matters into his own hands. And he'd have to do that with Laban, who's double-minded. He's an unstable dude. So now Jacob and Laban strike a deal. And basically Laban does not have to do anything but agree to Jacob's honest request. Jacob says, I don't want nothing from you. Okay, now we think about this. Remember, we want to be good Christians. Let me be careful. Nobody's good but one, right? But we, we want to look at mandates here. Jacob tells Laban, I don't want to take nothing from you. This is the same thing Abraham told the king of Sodom. Remember, wait, you see how now we start lining up how we need that. Be careful how much we take from the world. Amen. Right? Because remember, Abraham told the king of Sodom, I don't want nothing from you, lest you think you make me rich. The more we take from this world, the the more the world owns us. Biblical. Not just Dominic trying to move the air around. This is a biblical premise. Don't laugh, Sue, I've seen that. Right? But I'm saying, right, this is a premise here. 
Jacob says, no, Jacob, Jacob says, no, I don't want nothing from you. Give me the cheap sheep. And, and again, because Laban couldn't do nothing with them, and we'll get to that. And again, I'm not a farmer here, but I'm, I did some homework, so I'll be able to help you guys out with this a little bit. Maybe you guys know, but, um, Corvilla states, like Jacob's resistance taken from Laban, is similar of Abraham's refusal to accept the gift from the king of Sodom. Just like Moses, who's writing, never capitulated with Pharaoh. I mean, you can't make this stuff up in a bet. You see how the word of God is living and active. Be careful how much you take from the world, lest the world own you. Remember Lot's wife. She didn't leave her heart in San Francisco like Tony Bennett. She left her heart in Sodom. And the Bible says she turned to a pillar of salt because her heart was there. Pastor Dominic Romaldi here again, thanking you for listening to A Man Controlled by His Creed. That's part one. We will get into part two next week. Again, may the Lord bless and keep you and shine his light upon you. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.